And so that, that's another analysis that we can actually do. And it, it looks at, okay, individually. So these people just saw a sponsor products ad, or they just saw a DSP display ad, and we can get the conversion rates for both of those buckets. But now we get the overlap between the two. And if they see both, now we can get the conversion rate for that. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud from Ad Advance, and today I am joined by Matt Wickland. Matt, how's the Friday treating you today? It's been good. It's I got an early start this morning, but uh, it's been a productive one. So Yeah, I saw Friday. a message come in at like 3.40 a.m. Yep. today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, today I'm really excited for this podcast. What we're going to be talking through is Amazon Marketing Cloud, also known as AMC. So this is a topic that we got introduced to a while back and had a ton of key questions on what this thing is, how do you use it, how is it different than standard reporting. And so really for this episode, we're going to focus on all those key pieces for Amazon Marketing Cloud. So I guess just kind of jumping right into it, like Matt, if you have to describe what Amazon Marketing Cloud is, how do you do that? Where do you start? Oh man, there's so many data points and it provides access to so much information. It's tough to package it up in a short little elevator pitch, I guess, but it's next level analytics tying into pretty much every activity around your Amazon account from advertising, like next level advertising performance analytics, customer journey, path to conversion insights. Basically it takes all of the data points that exist throughout Amazon and gives agencies or people with AMC access uh, a platform to map them together and produce meaningful information that helps you manage your campaign, manage your brands, and drive strategies that turn the needle. Yeah, yeah. And so if I had to summarize it down to like kind of like one bullet point is AMC is a great reporting tool that can provide a lot of answers to questions that we have that can't be fulfilled through standard reporting, through either DSP or the advertising console on the sponsored side. And so, you know, a little bit later on, what we'll do is we'll start just going through examples because I think it's a lot easier to understand once we walk through examples because I heard the same pitch and it's like, okay, I, I still don't know exactly what this thing is. But before that, what we can kind of do is just describe what the interface looks like, kind of how it works, and then we'll really start getting into use cases for this too. So first, starting off with like access. So a key thing for this is right now it's just open for DSP, people who are advertising on DSP, and it's a pretty limited release at this point. From my understanding, it's open more to like agencies or like very large sellers, but I know that they do have plans to keep rolling this out and expanding the audience. And as I think more people learn more and more about how you can use this, there's going to be a lot of demand for it because it's really cool. And really how it's structured is it's essentially a pretty complex report reporting tool. And what you have to do is you have to actually use what's called SQL queries. So SQL is a language that you use to generate reports in a database. And so Matt and I are digging into SQL all the time, whether it's developing our software or pulling different reports or just getting useful information for like posts that we're doing. And really all SQL is, is it's just a way to communicate and say, hey, I want this information and I want that information and I want it joined together in this way, shape and form. 
So it is a little bit more complex on that side where it's not just pulling a standard report. You have to actually kind of code in what you want the data to do. But the power is of this is it's infinitely customizable. Um, so there's definitely a learning curve that goes into it. And so I think for a lot of people um, looking at this, there's going to be different providers, I'm sure, as this keeps expanding that you could probably use to get tied into AMC access or go through somebody like us too. When you know, we're going to keep working to expand this into reporting and different items like that. It's going to be a steeper learning curve. But as we talk through some of the use cases, I think a lot of people are really going to see the value with AMC. Totally. Yeah. And there is a query library library if you're able to get access, which provides some blueprinted queries, but you still need to know SQL fairly well to be able to utilize those. Yeah. And one of the really powerful aspects of AMC is you can build your own queries. Uh, and that's a really neat part because Amazon's continually learning what how agencies are pulling queries, what information are they pulling, how can that be used, and then updating their query library query library with those uh, for the for the masses or the limited masses that have AMC access, I guess. Yep, yep. And that's a great point, too, is that the AMC team has done a great job on putting together some pretty complex queries. So within the console, there's the spot where you can type in the SQL code. And then there's the schema, which is essentially the different tables or all the, the different data points that you can pull. But then with the instructional queries, they do a great job on splitting that out. And many you can just copy right in and run them. There's other ones where you have to specify items, say like, you know, if I want to cross compare different campaigns from sponsored products to DSP or different items like that, you may need to specify like, um, say campaign name for sponsored products or ID on the DSP side, but the instructions are pretty clear. So we'll just, it, it's a great point that you had, Matt, like you do not need, I would say you do not need SQL experience to run a lot of these because you can follow the instructions, but it's definitely going to help for sure. And then if you want to get the full capabilities of it, like knowing that it, it's going to be a little bit overwhelming if you're not used to the language whatsoever. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that maybe we could just talk through some examples as we go for AMC and how we can use this. So one key piece right now is like the data that's being pulled in, like DSP is one big one. Sponsor products is another big one. Um, sponsor brands and sponsor display are currently not pulled into Amazon Marketing Cloud, but we're hoping that that'll be coming in the future too so we can tie everything together. So Matt, I guess as you're looking through AMC, like what's some good use cases that you can see or some key data points that we can get from it? Sure, maybe I'll start with and easier. There are so many that we can we can roll through a bunch of them. Sure. Uh, but I'll try and start with maybe an easier one, I guess. And go for it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how <laughs> it goes. All right. So one of the things that I think is really interesting are their attribution models and being able to measure first touch and last touch and all the intermediate touches mm -hmm. uh, of ads throughout the customer journey. So Amazon sponsored ads. The way click attribution works is it's always attributed to the last click, which is valuable. Obviously, that's what led to the conversion if they convert when they convert. First touch can be a really good signal because it tells you what got them introduced to your catalog sure. or even view exposures. Like if you have a DSP view and a sponsored ad touch, uh, the sponsored 
ad campaign, the sponsored product campaign will get credit for the attributed sales in that case. It's deduplicated between the two. So you can merge the two together and see throughout the journey what drove the initial interaction uh, and what drove the ultimate conversion. And then you can even weigh each one. So you can have like linear, so they're weighted equally and see how performance stacks up against the two uh, or assign custom percent values to first touch, last touch. And so in terms of advertising strategy, it really can help you shape your ad strategy mm-hmm. by emphasizing that first touch to a larger larger degree. Maybe you have more of a bias towards last touch because it's what led to the conversion, but it's great to know what opened the door to that ultimate conversion, what got them interested to start, and you want to put your best fe- foot forward when you're advertising. So it gives you good insights uh, that you can action to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so one quick key question that we're always trying to answer is, as we get higher up the funnel, so with standard reporting, it's always going to be last touch. So if, as an example, say we start out with a streaming TV ad, somebody sees that. And then after that, now they see a DSP display ad. And then after that, now they're actually looking for the product and they search and then they see our sponsored product ad and then they click on the sponsored product ad and then purchase. So with the last touch attribution model, the sale that comes from that is going to get reported under the sponsored product ad because that was the last interaction that they had with an ad, whether it was a click on the sponsored side or viewed on the DSP side. And so what we don't get then is we don't see the sales being tied to that initial streaming TV ad or that DSP display ad. But that streaming TV ad could have been the introduction of them to our brand. And so for a first touch attribution model, now we could see that streaming TV ad and be like, man, look at all the people who saw this ad. And then after they completed the journey, like it drove in a ton of sales. And you can see from a higher funnel standpoint, really what is the full impact of that full funnel strategy versus just focusing on last touch. And then it makes it much harder to see the impact higher up the funnel. Yeah. And along the same lines, getting away from the whole touch thing, which is probably more granular than this, uh, you can see who was served a video ad, who was served a DSP ad, who has served a sponsored product ad, and then look at purchase rates uh, of each of those in isolation. And then combined together. So people that saw a display ad and a sponsored product ad, what's the combined purchase rate there? And in the instances that we've run and we've looked at these figures, it's pretty amazing how much higher purchase rates or conversion rates are for people that were served multiple ad formats. Yep. Yep, exactly. And so that's another analysis that we can actually do. And it it looks at, okay, individually. So these people just saw a sponsor products ads, or they just saw a DSP display ad, and we can get the conversion rates for both of those buckets. But now we get the overlap between the two. And if they see both, now we can get the conversion rate for that. And so this can be another great justification for running DSP. Maybe that final ad is not attributed or the sale is not attributed to that DSP ad because they they closed out the sale going through a sponsor product ad. But now you can see that overall impact that, okay, if they saw a DSP ad before, 
they're X times more likely to purchase. And it can give you a lot greater justification versus looking strictly at ROAS. Again, you have to attribute that sale to just one ad. And so if you look at ROAS, sometimes you miss the bigger picture overall for your ads. Yeah. And then even within just DSP strategies, you can narrow it further by looking at like upper funnel, mid funnel versus bottom of funnel or video versus display and see, you know, in isolation, what are detailed page view rates? Like who's actually following through? Is it driving your awareness objective that you set out for that in-market lifestyle campaign, for example? Are purchase rates higher when somebody sees this and sees maybe a bottom of funnel ad? Um, DPVR, detail page view rate, maybe lower just looking in the DSP console or looking at your reports, but when they have multiple multiple touch points throughout that journey and they're exposed to you know some lower funnel strategies or different ad types uh, the com- combination of those ads can lead to much higher view rates those leading indicators add to cart rates uh, and then conversion rates like we were speaking to yep. and ROAS yep yep yeah so th- there's a lot of different reports that we can pull to help out with the, another one is a journey. That's kind of fun to look at too, where you can actually see, okay, so if somebody completed, like we'll, we'll go back to the streaming TV ad, then the DSP display ad, and then sponsor products, you can actually see that journey. All the data is anonymized, so you get you know the number of people who kind of went through that journey, but then you can also see like other journeys that people take. And so maybe they saw like two different versions of different display ads, so you could see at that, and then maybe it's a sponsored product, product targeting ad or something. And you can see each one as you go and you can start to see paths that people take, um, which is another cool piece that we just haven't been able to see up to this point um, based off of standard reporting. Yeah. Yeah. So those journey reports, those paths to conversion reports, they're really great. They give us insight into like how a diverse mix of ad types work together to ultimately produce conversions or drive awareness for your brand. Sure. There are a lot of other AMC reports that are even more directly actionable. This is more DSP specific, but like the geo-targeting reports that they have, like we can look at pretty much every metric by location sure. across the states, which can be really pow- powerful for like seasonal products. Like we're in spring right now. We had like blizzard-like snow, snowfall in Duluth, <laughs> this, Minnesota. This is our spring up north. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but pretty much everywhere in southern U.S. has fantastic weather yeah, right now. A little bit warmer. A lot of people out <laughs> golfing, you know, doing typical summer activities. So, like, we can quantify how those geolocations perform without having to set up the campaign and break everything out by all these geolocations. We can pull metrics, even if we don't have it split out at that stage mm-hmm. by all of these different locales. We can get that information to make the call whether or not it's worthwhile to do that. So like state-based performance, region-based performance, designated marketing area performance, like these really granular or even higher level categories, we can evaluate performance, whether it's page view rate, add to cart rate, purchase rate, all that good stuff um, to figure out, should we be geo-targeting? Should we be emphasizing an audience in a sp- specific location right now, allocating more of our budget to it at least. Sure. Yep. Yep. So that's a fun one. And there's a lot of other ones that we can do on the audience side just to generate and then analyze the different audiences that we're using, like especially on the DSP side. 
Another one that I've been getting really excited about too, if you ever follow any of my posts on LinkedIn, so one item that I tend to harp on quite a bit is you can't just look at ROAS to determine overall performance because ROAS just takes in the last touch attribution model, which we just talked about. But another key piece that factors into it is, especially if you have a solid brand that tends to get repeat purchases, just looking at your initial advertising ROAS does not paint the full picture. And the key reason is that ROAS just takes into account that sale that's within the attribution window. But say if I have a customer who comes in and once they buy from me the first time, they tend to buy another four times. Well, my actual value of that customer is a lot higher than just that initial purchase, which is going to get tracked in my advertising metrics um, due to the attribution window. And so one fun one that we've been digging into lately is the new to brand percentage. So if a customer buys, what percentage of the people who buy through that ad are actually new to brand? And what's cool is like, as an example, we found one campaign and it's on the sponsored product side. So this gives you information for DSP and sponsored products. Typically with standard reporting, we've just had this available for sponsored brands and display. Right. So we could look at a sponsored products campaign and this one has a higher ROAS because we're targeting a much more general keywords. But when we looked at it, 73% of the people who bought from that campaign were new to brand. And now when we look at the lifetime value of the customer, since they tend to repurchase from us, now all of a sudden this higher ROAS looks a lot better because when we take the LTV, the lifetime value, and add that in, you're actually getting a ton more sales and you're introducing a lot more people to the brand through that ad. And so without that information, we would just look at the ROAS and say, you know, this is pretty high, but now we know that we're actually getting a good return, even if it's not necessarily reflected in the ROAS metrics. Yeah, it's huge. And you can pair that with um, like typical reorder timeframes and stuff like that too, to give you insight into like how long it takes sure. for certain strategies to pay off. So what's super valuable with that LTV analysis is you've got this break even ACOS and it's always based around that first conversion, what your margins are based around. But when we can measure LTV and look at all right, what's customer value after second purchase? Third purchase, your break-even ACOS is going to drop with each subsequent purchase. So let's say you have a 30% margin and you're running at 50% ACOS to target like high-value category keywords, get new customers in brand. Uh, that 50% ACOS, 20% above margin, you're losing money on it. It may not be viable based on that single conversion history. But if they purchase it again in 30 days, your break even a cost may go to 40%. They make multiple repeat purchases, it may go to 30%. So, and that may happen in this span of three months, which is a pretty solid payback period. Sure. And all of a sudden, that totally untenable ACOS, like there's no way we can target these category keywords, is is profitable. Like you're getting new new to brand customers in the door, and you will make a profit on them. Not immediately. It's not gonna be reflected in your sponsored product ACOS immediately. But you can calculate out that LTV and figure out what's your true acquisition cost, what's your true break even after a longer period of time, and use that to justify brand building strategies where you're going to benefit from rank, organic ranking improvements and like all those other ancillary multiplying effects of that advertising investment. Sure. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Another fun report that kind of ties to this new to brand analysis too is you can pull a report that's new to brand gateway ASINs. So if you have a lot of ASINs and you want to see 
okay, what's the, what's the major ones that are driving people to my brand? Like, you can pull this report. It'll tell you. And then you could really focus your advertising on your new to brand gateway essence. So this, this are the, it's the key products that bring people to my brand. And then once they purchase this initial product, now they tend to buy other of my products or else repeat purchase as we go to. So it's been another one that just kind of ties to that also. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to walk through like some, you know, we're just scratching the surface here with AMC. Um, some other pieces that you can do is you can actually upload your own information. So if you have advertising on other channels, if you provide the right specifications, AMC can actually tie together that data. So now you can look across channels um, and get different information on that. You have to use the API to do it. You're going to have to build custom queries for it. So it's going to be pretty complex. But for those that are spending a lot both on, say, the DSP or the sponsored ad side, plus Google, Facebook, whatever else, you can actually upload custom data sets. It all stays within your AMC account. Um, and then from there, you can tie together these different details. So maybe they saw a Google display ad first, and then they saw a DSP, and then they saw sponsored products, and that's how they ended up purchasing. There's a lot of cool ways that you can use this, even with outside data, too. Totally. Yeah. And then one other item, too, like, I mean, they're, they're starting to add in, like, ties. So if you're in the grocery space, you can see your attributed purchases across the Whole Foods Market, Amazon Fresh, and Amazon.com. So there's a ton of other ways that you can, essentially they're building this out so we can tie together these different data sets and see the holistic big picture on your data, your advertising campaigns as a whole, and how they all tie together, because right now the information is pretty siloed. Just some examples there, a quick introduction. I'm sure as we go along and we keep digging into a lot more of these reports, we'll hit them in more detail as we go. But before we wrap up, I guess, any any key last items that you want to cover for AMC? Probably like 10 or 15 more. Um, All right. <laughs> <laughs> not for this episode. I just want to say, like, we're going to cover AMC in a lot more detail in future episodes. It's going to be an incredibly powerful tool. It's going to generate a ton of buzz. It's amazing the analytics that it offers. Like, other platforms aren't doing this to the anywhere near this extent. So, um, exciting times, and stay tuned for for more details on it. Yep, yep. And so I'm sure we'll be having other podcasts on AMC in the future. And um, if you're not, follow along on like LinkedIn or Facebook too. So we're starting to go through pretty much at like a weekly cadence right now, we're just starting to talk through different reports that are available within AMC. So if you're not, follow along at, at Advance or you can follow me, Joe Shalarud, on, on LinkedIn. It's probably the best spot, but Facebook definitely works too. So, well, this has been another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, we really appreciate you listening and hope you join us on the next episode.